Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the fourth episode into the new series called Bring On The New Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, I'm focusing on the newness in my life. So my lease usually ends in August, and that's the month where I determine how I want to approach the next year moving forward. It sets the tone for where I'm going to be, the environment I want to surround myself in, and things I want to change in order to pursue growth. So to summarize, Bring On The New Series isn't just about moving to a physical location. It's also about changing my work tactics, time management, accepting change within friendships and relationships, and so forth. In this episode, there's something that I've been thinking about mentally for quite some time now. It's the challenges of your job, the new clients you take on, the new roles you have to play, the new hats you put on, and the mental aspect of wondering about where your career is headed. I also talk about negativity bias and why we as humans tend to focus on the negatives rather than the positives. But before I get into the episode, let's do a little life recap, something I like to do in every episode. So since we last spoke, (laughs) spoke, you know what I mean? It was New York Fashion Week and I talked briefly on my thoughts. And then I went into my apartment testimony. Since then, not much has really changed for me. Um, I've spent more time focusing on the race I have coming up this Sunday. It's the Bronx 10-mile race with New York Roadrunners. So one of my goals for this year was to join a running club. I knew that one day I'd be running the New York City Marathon, something that's been on my bucket list for years now. And one of the easiest ways to qualify is by running nine New York Road Runner races and volunteering at one of them. They call it the nine plus one qualifier. Anyway, the point is, I've been extremely focused on increasing my speed and spending most of all my time training and prepping my mindset. Running is really a mindset thing. It is about building strength and stamina but it really is your mind that you have to train the most to really reach the goals that you are wanting for yourself. And that's what I just love about running, is that you don't have to be someone with with a six-pack or an eight-pack or, you know, have the most fit legs in the world. Um, It really just comes down to how strong you are mentally as well as physically, of course, you still have to train your body. But that's why running to me is such a beautiful thing and why I just love doing it so much. But anyway, I've even gotten new running gear since this past month. You know, I shared on my Instagram stories a while ago, but I switched to Powerbeat Pros instead of the AirPod Pros because they last up until eight or nine hours of listing time. And they're built for athletes especially. And I've been loving them so far. Definitely recommend making that switch if you're wanting to run longer distances. I also did a lot of research on running shoes because I had been looking for a new pair and I wanted to continue wearing them for long distance training. So 
yeah, just focused on a lot of training and running lately. Something that I will never get tired of. On Monday, I picked up my race t-shirt and bib for Sunday's race, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm not even lying when I say I've studied the race course many, many times. So this is my first official race. I ran the half marathon back in May, something I trained eight weeks for, and it was actually a race I created myself because back then things were shut down because of the pandemic. It was pretty exciting working up to the weeks leading up to my own race. You know, it reminds me that it's important to have something to look forward to, something that keeps you hopeful, something that pushes you to new goals in the future. And lastly, supportive people who only want the best for you. Seeing that my pace has improved since May, I think I'm ready to take an actual race on and just get a feel for the environment and the post-run high. Besides focusing on running, I've definitely had other thoughts. Thoughts that I'll probably go more in depth in the episode. Do you ever feel like one week you're on top of the world, killing it with your job, and then the next week you're having a mental breakdown, stressing, making mistakes, and just questioning so many things about what you're doing? Wondering if you made the right choice starting your business, or if you shouldn't have taken this new job? Or do you ever wonder, as you're sitting at your office desk, if this is the life you want to live? If this is what makes you happy on a daily basis and what fulfills you career-wise? If I had a dollar for every time I thought this, (laughs) why is it that we experience so many moments where we feel so certain that this is what we are meant to do and then when something goes wrong, we instantly start to doubt or question our skills? Why are we so quick to focus on the loss of followers rather than the many victories of gaining followers? When something is good, we shrug it off. It's like we expect it. It's like it's understood. But when something is bad, all hell breaks loose. We throw tantrums, we get overwhelmed, stressed, and we just want to quit everything. And I think it's because of the expectations we place on ourselves and the lack of balance for them. I think it's important to aim high. Lowering our standards means we don't value our worth and we've given up on what we deserve. But as important as it is to aim high and set those expectations for ourselves, there should also be a balance where we don't get triggered when things don't turn out the way we want them to. Because if there's anything we've learned from the past year or so, life doesn't go the way we plan. We can strategize, plan ahead, and do everything to make sure things go in the direction we want, but it's never guaranteed. I'm sure many of us had these thoughts during the pandemic when jobs were lost, loved ones died, dreams smashed to the ground. The point is, we shouldn't expect ourselves to be in control of what happens next. I can't even tell you how many times I used to plan out my life like my social media strategy work. If my content calendars worked well for my business, why couldn't life be structured too? But so I thought. 
Ever since I quit my nine to five job and decided to start my own business, I've stopped planning and strategizing every piece of what my life is supposed to look like and started celebrating it for what it is. Failures and all. Have you ever felt like you want to control over everything that happened to you? I'd love to know how you overcame it. Or if you're currently overcoming it, what is working for you? If you're having or had these thoughts, just know that you're not alone. I think once we have a better understanding that even if we're killing it with our job, receiving words of affirmation left and right, that doesn't mean it ends there. That doesn't mean we've reached the highest level of growth in our career or in our personal life. That's just it. We don't get complacent with the praise and the success of what one week looks like. We celebrate the small wins and get back to a mindset where we are aware that things could change in the next minute. One wrong post on the wrong client's page could turn that smile upside down in a heartbeat. We have to remember that. That's the mindset I'm trying to go for because I've been struggling with not feeling so devastated and torn when my work isn't at the level I want it to be. Because I overlook the small wins and fixate on what isn't working. Or I listen to people who want to just fixate on the negative instead of the positive and I let their voice overpower my own. (laughs) There will always be things that are not working. Always. It's a matter of what we choose to fixate on. And what I'm fixating on is reminding myself of my worth and my why for wanting to help others grow in social media. It's a big reason why I encourage people, potential clients, to know their why before starting work with me. Because I want them to be reminded of why they're doing what they're doing, because there will be many, many times in their line of work with social media where they will start questioning why they are doing what they do, whether it's criticism or, you know, slow business or just business not working at all. They will start to question why they're investing in so much time and money into this social media account. And it's the why that will always bring you back. It's the why that will motivate you, encourage you, and inspire you through all of it. And it's the why that we have to nail down in order to build. It's the foundation. It's like, think of it like a house. You know, when when you're building a house, you don't just start from the second floor. You obviously have to have the, the base, the foundation, the ground, the floor in order to build up. So think of that why as the base, the foundation of everything you do with your business. Otherwise, you will lose sight of what you want to pursue in your career. Wow, I just went, I just got lost in my own thoughts. And just to add, I know this is normal to feel and question yourself if this is really the path that God wants for you, or if it's the path that you want for yourself. And I think the biggest distraction is social media and your perception of what success really is. 
how society tries to paint success as being rich or famous and goals that just don't seem sustainable at all. I was watching the D'Amelio show on Hulu with my friend Natalie, and we were talking about how these young girls, Charlie and Dixie, are battling anxiety, depression, and pressure from society and how they're constantly bullied on a daily basis on social media for who they are and what content they put out there. Not to mention, one of them doesn't even have her driver's license yet. That's how young they are. Another point I want to make is how stories, Snapchat stories, Facebook stories, and Instagram stories, they make you want to tune into other people's lives on a daily basis. Every time someone uploads something new, you're tuning into a snippet of their life. You're constantly watching other people's lives on a screen, and then you'll find yourself questioning what you're doing with your own. There's this quote that I always come across and I I truly like because it's something that reminds me when I'm feeling this way, but it's Don't get so lost in watching other people's stories that you forget to live your own. And it's a big reason why I actually don't watch stories that much anymore. I'll tend to focus on three or four people and then focus back to my own real life. Because if I get lost down that rabbit hole, I know that I'll lose precious time that I can't get back. And it's nothing personal against anyone or in spite of anyone, but I would rather just focus on what I'm doing in the present day than tune in to what everyone else is doing, you know? It's a big reason why I spend only a certain amount of time dedicated to personal social media use and professional social media use. And maybe that's why my engagement probably isn't that high because I'm not interacting and on social media as much. I mean, I'm on social media, but I'm not on it, if that makes sense. And to me, it doesn't bother me anymore because it's my mental health and I know my limits on where I'm crossing that line of something triggering me. And I know myself well enough to not put myself through that. So going back to what we fixate on, Sorry, I tend to go off in tangents whenever a new thought pops in my head. But just going back to the mindset of fixating on the things that aren't working. You know, I was reading something earlier this week on negativity bias. I had been feeling off with work and wanted to understand what triggered my negativity towards of certain aspects of my work. Think of it this way. Do you remember someone insulting you at a certain moment in time and you ended up fixating on that insult? You forget the compliment someone gave you an hour before on how hard you're working and then you're suddenly focused on someone insulting how you go about your work. And then you find yourself fixated on the words for the rest of the day. It's interesting how criticism often has a greater impact than compliments. And it's also interesting how bad news tends to draw more attention than good. For instance, like the Gabby Petito case. The world is so invested into this case because something terrible happened to Gabby, 
and people seem to be more attentive towards bad news. I mean, we are attentive towards missing people's cases and deaths and unfortunate situations. Have you noticed that? I mean, why else do you think people tune into true crime podcasts and, and watch documentaries on serial killers and murderers? Have you thought about this? How, as humans, we tend to remember traumatic experiences better than positive ones, react more strongly to negative stimuli, respond more strongly to negative events rather than to equally positive ones? I have a question for you. Are you less motivated when you have something to gain or when you are trying to avoid the loss of something? This is a key factor into what you will pursue. Rather than focusing on what you will gain if you keep working towards something, you're more likely to dwell on what you might have to give up in order to achieve that goal. This makes me think about a time when my high school had this talent night. And I was in chorus, and I chose to sing the song Firework by Katy Perry with a friend of mine. I remember to this day how badly it went on my end. I find myself cringing with embarrassment over it, even though I'm sure everyone in the audience and my friend has forgotten about it entirely. Or there was even a time when I worked a corporate job here in New York City and we had a performance review at work. I remember my boss telling me the good points and positive notes on my performance, but then I remember her turning to the next page and she started pointing out areas where I could improve, and I immediately started to fixate on those remarks. I remember leaving that meeting feeling down because I chose to focus on the critical comments rather than feel good about the positive aspects of the review. So, with the whole negativity bias, I looked into it a little more and I found this. Our tendency to pay more attention to bad things and overlook good things is likely a result of evolution. Earlier in human history, paying attention to bad, dangerous, and negative threats in the world was literally a matter of life and death. Those who were more attuned to danger and who paid more attention to the bad things around them were more likely to survive. So if I'm reading that correctly, it's saying that this perspective suggests that this tendency to dwell on the negative is simply one way the brain tries to keep us safe. Interesting. And it gets more interesting. I also read here that research suggests that this negativity bias starts to emerge in infancy. Very young infants tend to pay greater attention to positive facial expression and tone of voice but this begins to shift as they near one year of age. Brain studies indicate that around this time, babies begin to experience greater brain responses to negative stimuli. This suggests that the brain's negative bias emerges during the latter half of a child's first year of life. There is some evidence that the bias may actually start even earlier in development. So how exactly can we combat negativity bias? Possibly by reframing the situation and establishing new patterns. Whenever I think of refocusing our perspective, I think of a camera lens. I bought a DSLR camera when I originally started my blog in high school. 
something to motivate and also reward myself for taking that big leap. At the time, I knew nothing of cameras. Everything I learned was self-taught. I would YouTube videos, watch tutorials, and learn what an ISO and aperture was. There was this one time when I was taking photos outside where the lens kept turning blurry. I would look into the viewfinder and try to focus the camera lens, but nothing seemed to work. I switched it from manual to automatic and couldn't figure out why all my photos were turning out blurry. The lighting was perfect. The frame was perfect, but the focus was blurry. In order to attain the perfect shot, I needed to refocus the camera. Eventually, I figured it out and got it to focus, and the view became clear again. That's what comes to mind when I think of trying to reframe a situation. Trying to focus a blurry camera lens. Everything around us is fine the way it is. But our focus on the negatives of a situation will keep things blurry. It's when we reframe the situation and see things in a positive light, that's when our frame becomes clear again. Something that has helped me immensely at times when I'm off with work is going for runs. Because it's when I'm on these runs where I feel power again. I feel strong and powerful mentally and physically at the same time. It's when I'm able to savor the positive moments again. Since it takes more for positive experiences to be remembered, it is important to give extra attention to good things that happen. We need to make more of an effort to get the same effect from happy moments. I'll try to replay the good moments over and over in my mind so I don't forget that that one bad incident shouldn't take away my mood. As I'm nearing one year with my business, I can't help to think of all the many hats I've worn just this past year and just how exhausting it's been to play so many roles. I used to think asking for help was a sign of weakness, but I know better now that I can do anything, but not everything. I spent a couple of months thinking hard about this and it feels like the time might be now. I want to hire someone to help assist me through my work days. Someone who is driven, someone who is motivated, and someone who wants to learn more about the social media industry. Someone I can depend on, rely on, and trust because I want to keep surrounding myself with people who only motivate me and want the best for me. And it's sad, but it's been hard trying to find people like that, especially here in New York City. So, if you're someone in New York City who is wanting to possibly be a part-time assistant for me, please DM me. I'd love to chat with you, get to know you, and possibly even meet you if you're the right fit. I'm sure I'll be posting more details on this position on my Instagram soon. And a big push for why I'm feeling this now is because of my thoughts on the hustle culture. And this is where I kind of want to end things here. I want to end on this note. We're a culture that glorifies busy. It's a mantle we wear with pride. When someone asks us how we're doing, 
We respond with a, I'm good, but crazy busy. We seem to derive our value from asserting that we're just so much busier than the next person. Our overpacked, overwhelmed schedules actually give us a sense of pride, even a sense of identity. So as we continue growing in the roles we play in the business we're a part of, maybe we should reorder our priorities so we make time for the things that are important and not merely on what's urgent. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That is a wrap on the Bring on the New series. I hope you enjoyed this season. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next season where I cover another topic of discussion, Red Flags series. Whether it's red flags in dating, relationships, friendships, career, or everyday things, I'll be discussing the red flags we come across that warn us of what's ahead and more. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in.